<laughs> Live on digital media from the vast and spacious VPod TV studios in beautiful Oak Brook, Illinois. Oak Brook. It's kind of like Hinsdale, but with a big ass mall. It's the weekly wrap with your host, broadcasting legend, Bruce Wolf, and his trusty sidekick, former Liberty Magazine editor and Breitbart contributor, Tim Slagle. This week's special guest, weekend host on WVON, and president of Violence Interrupters, T.O. Hardiman. And now, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Bruce Wolf. Bruce Wolf and Tim Slagle on the Weekly wrap. <laughs> so, Tim, do you think Norm McDonald would like it if somebody sang, Norm McDonald bought the farm? <laughs> Gee, I feel uh, no. no he, he would like it, wouldn't he? He would. I, I was worried that you might not like that because you might have been friends with Norm McDonald. You're suffering. You're in. You know, a fellow I, I, comedian. I, I, worked, I worked with him a couple times. Really? He was, yeah. Uh, universally liked. I, I, I don't. He's one of those guys that that, that I envy because uh, nobody said anything bad about him. Mm-hmm. And if I could have uh, even 50% of the <laughs> right. people when I pass well, away here, not saying bad here's, things here's about me. I feel guilty about this because he was considered the comedian's comedian. And I don't get it. I mean, I really I liked him. I thought he was good. Uh, and, and, I, and I don't think he'd mind uh, my saying that. Since, of course, when the crocodile hunter died, for example, he went on John Daly's show within days. And Daly's like this, I can't believe. I mean, it's a Daly show. And he's like embarrassed, although I think some of that is theatrical. Uh, so and, you 44, know, 44 is uh, it's a pretty good age for a crocodile <laughs> exactly. hunter. Let's see who can. And I'll see your Norm MacDonald crocodile hunter bit. And, say, and the crocodiles were upset that he died from a jellyfish or something because they, they wanted to have him. Sure. And went, so. Uh, but but yeah, uh, you know you know my philosophy. I've said it before. I mean, the Newtonian philosophy of comedy was tragedy plus time equals comedy, but the Einsteinian is tragedy plus zero equals comedy. <laughs> and so, all right, so he died, and it was it's and it's sad. It was a shock to everybody as well. But I just, I mean, there, there's stuff that I like. You know, when he says. Um, that he was going to do an endorsement for podiums, and he said, that's something I can stand behind. Yeah, that, that's funny, <laughs> but it's not like I'm guffawing like when I would see uh, Sam Kinison take a microphone and say, honey, can I take this out tonight? And it yeah. was a phallic symbol. That, sure. that was side-splitting. Norm MacDonald, you have to think a little bit. Uh, with some usually, of his stuff. usually his jokes though, were, were were pretty simple. It was just it was just his styling. It was his phrasing. Yeah. It was his uh, uh, his uncomfortableness with the, the fact that he was even telling that joke. <laughs> well, that actually where the funny would come. Let's from. give an illustration of same. And there's Charles Woodson. How about that? I want a season he had. Great, Manny. He became the first defensive player to win the Heisman Trophy. And congratulations, Charles. That is something that no one can ever take away from you. Unless you kill your wife and a waiter, in which case. <laughs> he got fired from the, the SNL weekend update slot because Don Olmeyer, who was the executive producer of Saturday Night Live, was a friend of OJ's and apparently must have felt enough <laughs> it was enough with the oj jokes i don't know how he, you can defend 
you're in the position to not tell OJ jokes, but maybe Norm managed to actually go too far with the OJ <laughs> jokes. But um, it, it, that reminds me a little bit. I remember when I thought Letterman started to go downhill a little bit. He did not tell any OJ jokes. Leno was telling it. Remember, Letterman was the cool guy, and Leno was the sellout. That sure. was the. And then all of a sudden, OJ uh, murders his wife and and Ron Goldman, and Leno was on that all the time, and Letterman did, wouldn't touch it at all. I mean, it was I. I was ready to invoke the Twenty Fifth Amendment to, you know, for David Letterman to be unseated, uh, I, I, and General Milley to take over. But uh, which is another story we will not get to today. But but it's uh, yeah. I, I never understood that. I did he, not know he, that Letterman didn't do he OJ did, jokes. He wouldn't do it. I mean, there were huh. two topics that he wouldn't touch. It was, was there a petition or something? It, it was OJ and Marv Albert's cross dressing, and I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, Marv Albert was a friend of sure. His. Yeah, Marv but Albert I didn't understand on, that. On the show. I, I think eventually he came around. You know, by the time OJ was found guilty, he was doing it. But the, you know. You, you got to be timely with this. That was, you know, well, yeah, a guilty, year and a half guilty later. of armed, guilty of armed robbery. It, it, uh. <laughs> so anyway, you're, you don't have a problem with uh, my uh, old McDonald thing uh, with Norm McDonald. I'm just scratching well, off. Do I have a problem whether it's offensive <laughs> or do I have a problem? With it's with not it? funny. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't quite. Look, spur of the moment, it's fine. Uh, sure. I, it, it's not the. It's not crocodile, crocodile Dundee depth. No, I, I get that. fish. I actually thought that I had, right, I actually thought I had met him and interviewed him, and then I realized because I was on Channel Five, I was on the morning show. That wasn't him; it was Kevin Nealon. So all these SNL guys are fungible. <laughs> well, Kevin Nealon was real nice. We had him sit in a chair, and he did. I spun him around in his chair like he was doing the weekend update thing. Remember, he was around the globe. Sure. And he'd spin around like the globe, which which was a funny bit. And he was great in weeds. But for all I know, I interviewed him or Dennis Miller or Tina Fey, and and I didn't realize. I, I confused them all. You just assumed all. you had done Norm Macdonald. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought I had interviewed Norm Macdonald, but I never got to talk to him. And then the moth joke, of course, is the classic. It's a shaggy dog story, which he tells on uh, Conan. And I'm not going to tell the whole joke here. And I wonder if I can tweetify it. And it, 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 it will <laughs> 140 it lose, characters? Will, will, it lose, will it lose its resonance? But it's basically that a uh, moth goes in to see a podiatrist and starts complaining about all these problems he's having with his family. And it goes into all these permutations with all these crazy, like, Russian-sounding names. Of, and it's a moth talking about his sure. family. And it goes on and on. And Conan, of course, is playing his Bored. role to, to get crazy <laughs> about it. Like, when are we going to hit the punchline on this? thing and finally after it takes like four minutes to tell the joke and sure, finally because, uh, because the moth wants the podiatrist to know that you know that that, that it's only by the grace of god <laughs> keeping it and a lack of courage keeping him away from that loaded handgun sitting on there the we bed. go it's very kafka-esque yeah. it's like gregor Samsa turning into sure. a moth uh, but and so he finally the podiatrist says you know i, I why are you it sounds like you have psychological problems why did you come here in here why did you see a uh, uh, a, a, a podiatrist, why didn't you go see a psychiatrist? And what did the moth then say? The light was on. <laughs> so, I mean, so, which, which is actually funny. I didn't, I didn't go crazy uh, funny over, but it, you know, it actually, it, it works at, at very deep levels. It, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it shows that 
you are, have to be true to your nature. There's nothing that psychiatry is going to do for you. Maybe I'm reading a little too much into it. it I mean, after all, the I, light I, I just was thought just it a was, moth I, joke. I just thought it was funny. A moth worried about his children, <laughs> right. giving them long, elaborate... Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I, I like that he tried to do that joke. I mean, the effort was uh, Simone Biles-like. Uh, <laughs> the, gym, the mental gymnastics that were required in it. Anyway, it, uh, God rest his soul, Norm MacDonald. Uh, and, of course... And, and, and the joke of it is, they, the story that I saw was the AP story or Deadline Hollywood you know, tweet, after a private battle with cancer, Norm MacDonald has died. And he did a whole routine of, uh, I swear he did a whole routine about how he couldn't stand that people wage a battle against cancer. That you don't wage a war against cancer. And, and it's, it's a terrible thing to say. That's what he says. He says when you die of cancer, that's the day the cancer dies as well. So Right. That's so what, it's a tie. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I can't believe you know his, his shtick. Did you steal some of his? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, never did. I mean. Is that like an impediment to you that you know the lines of all these comedians? Like, are they stuck in your head? Don't you have to purge them in order to do your own material? Nah, I was just following links this morning. That's all. Oh, oh just this morning. <laughs> I followed oh, the you're same, pretty good. Because I was going to say, I was you were. Uh, well, okay. Because for a second, I was going to ask you to do a red buttons routine. <laughs> Bruce Wolf never had a dinner. I mean, is there any? So that's a, that's the only reason you know it. Yeah, you know, that's a photographic a, memory, no, a less Robstein-like recall of uh, where you were. I also, when I also know that he told David Letterman that he loved him. Yeah, oh, and he no. did. He did uh, on the last show of Letterman. He did a uh, uh, Letterman joke that he still remembered from when he was thirteen years old. Wow, that's yeah. wonderful. And he was on Conan's last show as huh. well. So, how many? That's a trivia question. Who's been on the last show of uh, more, more he, comics? He was not on Jack Parr's last show. <laughs> I, I, I kid you not. All right, do we have time for the Nicki Minaj or no? We don't. We do. We do. If we hit, r- run into it real quickly, right? Do, why don't you do AOC? AOC. All yeah, right, we're going to skip ahead to AOC, and which stands for what? Exactly. Again, <laughs> Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Okay, so she shows up at the Met Gala the other night, and you're supposed to dress flamboyantly for this. It's 30000 a pop, and it goes to, and as I think Megan McArdle tweeted, uh, well, the, her dress... It's a white dress, and it says in red, tax the rich yeah. on it. And Megan McCardle, I, I think, tweeted that uh, she she was actually asking, uh, saying to tax the rich who were, who were getting a tax shelter out of this donation, $30,000 ocean <laughs> donation they were giving to the Met. But anyway, do, do we have the um, one of her, the guy who uh, compared her? To, do we have that one? Yes. Okay, so we... we they showed which is who looks better or what looks better, uh, her in that dress or uh, there was a one with a Chick Fil A on it. So yeah, which <laughs> and which was actually pretty funny. There, I hate you know when I'm just I'm just really a, a conduit to here. Here's the best of Twitter right now. But I was wondering if he wanted to fillet that chick. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Cha-ching. I think that chicken bag is actually taller than she is. <laughs> she actually no, she, could have worn the chicken bag. And of course, you know, the hip- hypocrisy abounds with uh, 
with well, AOC. Well, it's a $12,000 dress, too. So, Wait, so. No, no, but she helped an immigrant designer who happens to be married to a, or, or the girlfriend of a guy who's worth $100 million. So she's helped, and he's, she's from Canada. So it really helps. But that's, you know, the progressive, the progressives sure. just love to, it's Animal Farm. And, you know, there's a picture of her with two other women there, and I uh, yeah, those said. Pig, those pig, two pigs are more equal than the others. Well, ex- <laughs> well what I, you know, hey, man, oh, set me up there. Uh, six legs good, two legs bad, or whatever. That's okay. We will be back with Tio Hardeman. Un momento. We're going to be taking a hard look here at NBC5 at one of the biggest issues in Chicago right now, violence. Shootings, carjackings, gang activity are all top of mind for people living in the city and suburbs. So how did we get here? Oh, Bruce Wolf and Tim Slagle on uh, the Weekly Wrap. That was the voice of Marion Brooks. Yes, I can name you that NBC5 anchorette in two uh, <laughs> syllables. Uh, and Channel 5 has, a, I believe, an eight uh, College of Correspondence uh, series this week on violence in Chicago. They've got everybody uh, being interviewed. Marianne Ahern interviewed uh, Kim Fox about uh, gun laws and uh, I was a little bit upset because I'm a formal, former Channel 5 uh, host of uh, Barely Today. You recall that short-lived show. <laughs> sure. Lasted a trimester Everyone and remembers a half. it. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> it, well, the general manager of the station said they wanted a diverse perspective. Uh, I could have done a segment uh, interviewing myself and why uh, Kim Fox is the problem. Uh, so, But joining us now is somebody who did contribute. Uh, he was on this. Teal Hardeman is the executive director for Violence Interrupters. That's a community organization that uh, does what it, uh, it says, uh, tries to interrupt violence in the community. And also, Teal, am I correct? You host a show on WVON, right? Good yes, morning. I do. Yes, sir. thank you for coming doctor. on the show. I appreciate that very much. And uh, w- just tell us—I uh, I hate to give it away—but what is the gist of what you told Channel Five about violence in Chicago? Well, uh, during the Channel Five uh, interview, we talked about the the role of social media uh, when it comes down to uh, the increase in uh, gun violence. Uh, that's pretty much behind some of the uptick in gun violence in Chicago because a lot of guys. They feel very disrespected if you post something on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram about them for the whole world to see. Even though the whole world may not be looking, some of the guys feel disrespected. And so they uh, they ask. It's like a, a cultural conditioning type of situation with some people. It's like a subculture where, where some people actually they respond violently no matter what the slight infraction might be. It might just be a misunderstanding, something you posted, some something nobody somebody does not understand. People give in to peer pressure and they feel they have to act. They have to act. And the only difference, they're not fighting when they act out. They're killing people. So that's what I talked to uh, uh, channel, uh, the host at Channel 5 about. Yeah, like I'm, I'm on Twitter a lot. And, of course, you know, the worst thing that I do is, you know, or, or, is I'm blocked by somebody on Twitter. But right. this can get really, really bad. I, I can see how, how this would happen. So, you know... That, that's actually I never even thought about that how about social media actually contributing yeah. to it I mean there's so many other factors I mean we had the we had COVID but we have this spike in violence in Chicago that may be one of the reasons what else do you attribute the violence spike to well basically what else I attribute the, the spike in violence to is mainly you have a lot of different cliques out there a, a whole lot of interpersonal conflict. So I can break that down for you. What happens is everybody has a crazy cousin, even though it sounds crazy, but you know, if a guy gets into a conflict with somebody because of a misunderstanding, 
they they are caught they might call their crazy cousin and their crazy cousin's not gonna come and talk they're coming to shoot somebody uh you know you know like i said the click the click and tribal i use the word i don't use the word gang too much because people think it's structure there's no structure to the uh, gangs in chicago so i say cliques and different tribes another reason why is because uh the reason you know like uh, living in poverty um learned behavior a lot of people feel you know within that subculture of violence you know the people that commit acts of violence within that subculture people just think it's the right thing to do because they've been they've learned it uh grow, growing up in the neighborhood like for example if i get into an argument with somebody i don't think about killing the person as soon as we get into an argument you have some people that are kind of psychopathic sociopaths they think about killing just because of a, a lightweight argument yeah that's it, how crazy it, it becomes. yeah no i i, I know but uh you know, everybody thinks Chicago, they're not going to... I'm like uh, uh, Wally Phillips's uh, old lady from Tinley Park who didn't want to get anywhere near the city anymore and doesn't want to go downtown even. You know, forget about Englewood, whatever. They don't even want to go <laughs> to the Riverwalk uh, because of the of the fear of violence. But uh, I, I was I was just wondering that if, if Channel 5 even uh, mentions this in the series, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, uh, what do you think of arresting straw purchasers? I mean, moms and girlfriends who buy guns for, you don't even want to call them gangbangers, but who buy guns for, for people who use it for felonious purposes. Well, you know, I believe the ATF, uh, they should do a better job at intercepting the illegal gun trade because that's where the, the bigger problem comes in. That I, don't, I just don't believe that uh, they're doing everything they can do in their power to prevent uh, people from becoming straw purchasers or going uh, to these gun shows at different states, Kentucky, uh, Alabama, wherever, down Mississippi, uh, wherever they may go to purchase illegal guns. But as far as arresting straw purchasers, there was just a case where uh, a couple of months ago, this guy from the military was selling guns to young men on the south side of Chicago. He was, a, he was a member of the military, three guys, and they were arrested. So if you get caught and you're a straw purchaser, you know, you have to deal with the consequences. But you don't. Here's the problem. I mean, generally, uh, the prosecutors don't want to handle these cases. They've traditionally shied away from them because nobody wants to throw uh, a mom or a girlfriend in jail. And all you have to do is do it a couple of times or whatever and set an example. And that might deter uh, gun violence. But uh, nobody ever raises that as, as a serious uh, method of uh, addressing well, this problem. What I would like to suggest as well is that when it comes to straw purchasing, they should, uh, the ATF, uh, whatever the case may be, whoever it might be, whatever whatever jurisdiction, they could put out a strong public education campaign about straw purchasers and make sure you uh, uh, plaster the communities where you have a lot of gun violence with information about if you, uh, if you are caught purchasing a gun for somebody else, this is what's going to happen to you. I think they really need to push a strong public education message. Now, and hopefully, it would deter something. Now, hopefully. I wasn't being facetious when I said that I thought Kim Fox was part of the problem. Uh, what do you think? Well, Kim Fox, I know her personally. Uh, and I've been around her a couple of times. When she, you know, she would not be the state's attorney if uh, if it was not for Laquan McDonald, number one. Okay, right. I thought she hit the she hit the ground running pretty cool in the beginning, but this second term. There's been a lot of problems. If you ask a guy like me, I'll just be straight up. That's what I do. Um, you know, a lot, you know, it's giving people a pat on the back for, uh, you know, consecutive cases and people getting out uh, on home monitoring. Uh, so, you know, and all that kind of, you know, stuff. Those are bad decisions, especially when you have a preponderance of cases where people have uh, been released and they go out and kill somebody, go out and carjack somebody. Uh, Kim has to do a better job. See, nobody talks about the victims. Everybody wants to be kind of like cool or in between and neutral 
when it comes down to crime, but everybody overlooks the victims. And I think people like Kim, she makes decisions from the mountaintop instead of going in the, going down into the valley, talking to the victims. Well, she's of one of the George Soros-inspired uh, uh, state's attorneys throughout the nation. I mean, that's what it's all about. It's all about uh, criminal rights right now, not about victims' rights. And I wonder how much the Channel 5 series actually addresses that. I don't think a lot of people want to address it all the way. I, but I would say this. I believe there's so much information out there. If someone was to pull it all together on all the people that were released on uh, you know, lower bonds, if people were released on electronic monitoring, there are so many stories in the media how these some of these people have reoffended and, and committed more crimes. So once that data is pulled together, I believe somebody should take on that issue. I think uh, the data is already there. I think they're so ideologically bound to, to this view, uh, because, you know, it's it's all part of this. I mean, you know, this Ibram X. Kendi view of the world of, of victimhood forever. That's what it's about. I mean, am I right about this or am I just some kind of clown from the suburbs? The no, two no, are not mutually exclusive. Go ahead. Well, you know, you're pretty much on point. You know, I still respect Kim Fox. I just think she needs to kind of work on some of her policies. But number two, you have a lot of liberal. I'm glad you mentioned what you just said. You have a lot of liberal people out here that work. They work on bond reform, which is OK. I understand that. But once again, people that are not living in the concrete jungles of Chicago, they would never understand what the hell is going on on the streets out there. Here it is. I've heard a case where a guy attempted to kill somebody's family member. And next you know, the guy's out on bond or out on some electronic monitoring the very next two or three days. Then he goes out to kill the people. He, he finishes his job. Come on, man. That's It doesn't make no sense. That's a, uh, that's the way when I talk about the fact that they're not going down to talk. They're not going in the community to talk to the real people that are hurting out here. Carjackings are on the rise in Chicago. OK. Yes, but, but you have to understand white liberals, all they really care about uh, and probably the white liberals uh, who uh, populate NBC5 Chicago, although I'd have to actually see the series before I judge it, uh, <laughs> all they really care about is uh, whatever crimes uh, white police officers are doing against black uh, unarmed men. That's, that's all they care about. They certainly don't care about black-on-black -black crime. Well, definitely. I, I definitely concur with you. And let me say this to you. You know, and I, well, why did I have you on the show if you're going to agree with me with, uh, for everything? No, no, I'm not agreeing with you. I concur with you in what you just said about some of the liberals out okay. there because they really don't understand. People act like they understand, but they will never understand until they walk in somebody's shoes like myself. What I'm saying, I'm one of the premier guys that used to speak out against police brutality and ex excessive force. I'm not against the police, but what happens in, in black Chicago, 85, about 80 percent of the gun violence occurs in the black community. We're killing one another and nobody wants to really step up to the plate on a higher level there. That's the only reason why I agree with you, because everybody's concerned about what the police might do. But they're not as concerned when we kill each other. That's what I'm talking about. You got babies being killed out here. Young people. We've had 280 young people under 15 shot in Chicago to date and 35 of them were killed. And it doesn't make any sense. O over 560 homicides so far this year. Twenty six hundred people shot. Here we go again. Every year, everybody's talking about a new strategy, what they're going to do. It makes no sense, to be honest with you. So that's why that's the only reason I kind of concur with you on, on that subject. OK, I, I agree with you just a little bit. All right. Well, when we come back, uh, I'll give you a chance to prepare an answer uh, right here. But I saw that you retweeted Rod Blagojevich and uh, you're probably the only person in captivity who has done that. So I just uh, <laughs> <laughs> will ask you about that. Uh, you also uh, I saw you with a picture of your arm around Jeannie Ives, who was the Antichrist. So I don't understand <laughs> that either. 
<laughs> and uh, also, uh, you said that sexual education for first through eighth graders not a good move. Uh, what are you? Uh, sometime, uh, some type of nineteen fifties June Cleaver housewife here. Uh, <laughs> but we will ask you about all of that, Tio Hardiman, uh, when we okay. come back uh, to the weekly wrap with Bruce Wolf and Knock Knock Tim Slagle. I look forward to it. Thank you. What is the police role in all of this? We're in a time now where a lot of cities, including Chicago, are uh, where the impetus is to defund police or underfund police. A lot of police, understandably, are uh, very much afraid of getting involved in any kind of conflict. unless somebody starts rolling on their cell phone and shooting it, editing it and make, in such ways to make the police look bad. Uh, it's a no-win situation for them as well. What is their role? Well, you know, first and foremost, I'm not anti-police. I want to make that clear. We're anti-excessive force and police brutality. Uh, the role of the police is to be honest. There's a big elephant in the room when it comes to policing. Uh, police leadership have failed police officers, in my opinion, throughout the nation. Bruce Wolf and Tim Slagle on the weekly wrap. And uh, you just heard Tio Hardiman, executive director for Violence Interrupters, uh, on the Washington Examiner show. Is that is that right? So, uh Tio, thank you for joining us again for another segment right here. And uh, I, I've been informed that more uh, kids in Chicago were killed, is this right, by gun violence than uh, died of COVID? Right. In well, well, I don't even know what the time period is, but, you know, we'll, in a whole year? Yeah, in a whole year. Within a year's time. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So, uh, I mean, that's, it's actually not that startling. Uh, I don't know why we're ma- wearing masks in schools, but, but, but go ahead. Well, no, it's a, that's a reality in Chicago. We uh, we spend a lot of resources, uh, you know, with the COVID-19, you know, trying to uh, stop the COVID-19, you know, virus from, from uh, you know, being transferred to other people. A whole lot of money is being spent. That's why I was on the news uh, talking about bulletproof uh, backpacks and bulletproof vests for young kids in Chicago. People thought I was crazy, but during uh, drastic times, you need to bring forth drastic measures. Uh, nobody else has been, appears to be able to protect these kids out here. And so, you know, I don't mind speaking up, you know, just going on the cliff a little bit, speaking uh, when most people are scared to speak up. That's what T.O. Hardiman comes in. Yeah, at. but that, that's a, that's like a dystopian. Maybe we're living in it right now. I, bulletproof backpacks. Oh, my yes, goodness. Yes. I, well, I'll tell you something. It's okay. been proven that bulletproof vests say uh, bulletproof vests do save the lives of officers. nationwide. So, so should kids out. be in Kevlar? In addition yeah. to the masks, they should have Kevlar and uh, maybe be in hyperbaric chambers. Yeah, we should have yeah. a vest no, mandate. We have no other choice. I'm telling you, we have no other choice. Kids are being shot. We know a four-year-old was just killed in Chicago about uh, two yeah. weeks ago. Seven-year-old girl was killed about three or four weeks ago. If she had on a bulletproof vest, the bullet would, would have been deflected. I'm telling but you, I mean, if you, if you've, you've, you've already lost the battle if you have to do that, right? I mean, you may as well not even be in they're school. They're losing the battle, bro. They're losing the oh, battle. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. It's horrible. Uh, yeah, it's really bad. And now, of course, you've got a black population decline uh, vis-a-vis yes. the Latinos. So, I mean, we're going to be having uh, uh, turf wars, so to speak. I mean, not real physical ones necessarily, yeah. but certainly political ones over that. No doubt. No doubt at all. Well, I mean, is are are, are your interests uh, mutually exclusive uh, with uh, the no, Latinos? No, I see it as becoming a. It might present a, a problem uh, 
in the near future based on the fact, you know, and I know if you study, um, you know, migration patterns, you know, people come into different communities through the years, like even back in Chicago, the 1919 race riot, you had, you know, the, the things kicked off in 1919 and you had all the different, um, you know, cultures, you know, ethnic groups come moving to Chicago and led to some problems in the beginning. Then things, uh, you know, became a little bit better, you know, things got a little bit better. But, you know, you're going to might have, it might present a problem because, like I said, it's going to be turf wars and people are going to want to look out for their people. They want to come first. Hopefully that will not happen. Hopefully we can uh, establish a black and brown coalition. But that's a work in progress. Uh, hopefully we won't experience nothing. Too of course, severe. you're not too happy with the African-American mayor of the city of Chicago, are you? Oh, no, I don't have no uh, regard for Mayor Lloyd Life. And I'm not going to play with people. Uh, it has nothing to do with her being African-American. African-American, rather, her policies have been uh, failed policies throughout. I mean, it's a long list of uh, failures uh, with Mayor Lloyd Lightfoot. And uh, it's nothing personal. I'm looking at oh, no, the homicides up again this year. Homicides were up last year. And she refuses to make a decision. She has a superintendent that con continues to come up with uh, different strategies, strategies that we've used already in the past. If you look up all the different strategies, uh, the city of Chicago, we've implemented the same strategies over and over again with no results. And it's time to stop playing games with the people. That's why I say provide the young people with bulletproof backpacks because you're spending all this money on police overtime and you're not getting the desired results. Well, the police Any got a raise, that. too, so in an eight-year contract, so that's going to help, right? Well, no, not at all because, you know, the police, <laughs> the city is, uh, you know, they, they work a lot 20%. of overtime. 20%. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they got a big raise, but they work a lot of overtime, but we're still not reducing the gun violence. The gun violence problem is more cultural and tribal in Chicago. And, and, and I'm not I'm not against the police, but the police have no clue on how to stop killings on the front end because it has to be done. The solution is within the tribes and the culture. Let that's, me, a, that's, that's another uh, educational session okay. for you let, guys. Let there. me shift gears here. I, I was intrigued by this tweet in which you said sexual education for first through eighth grader, eighth graders, not a good move. No, it's not a good move at all. You know, you got first. I have. I wasn't even thinking about sex in the, from the first grade to the eighth grade, and uh, that's just for me. But I just don't think it's a good move based on the fact that you got kids out there already struggling. A lot of kids are coming from dysfunctional families in some family settings. You have kids that are not sure about what they want to do. Their mind shouldn't even be focused on no sex from first to eighth grade. I don't care who doesn't like that. You know, I'm just being straight up. Now they've also, you know, the governor, really, Governor Prisker and the General Assembly of Illinois, they included um, sexual education from the LGBT community. We're not against the LGBT community at all. But I, I just don't believe that you should have that type of sexual education for first eight graders. High school students from um, your freshman year to your senior year, I can understand it. First eight graders, no. I would never agree with anything It would like be that. nice if they learned reading and writing and arithmetic uh, before they learned which condom to put on, I would uh, that's, assume. That's what I'm talking about. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Then they're saying they're going to have counselors at the school, so if, if a kid is not sure about their sexuality, gender, the counselors will help them out. How's the counselor really going to help them out? They're going to, you know, I mean, it's like, it's complicated. I don't want to go, too, I don't want to uh, delve too deep into it, but that's a complicated subject matter there. I think uh, I think that we should have mandatory firearms training. <laughs> no, no, because if you think about yeah, exactly, it, exactly. it usually isn't it usually isn't the guy that they're aiming at that gets shot. Right. It's usually the kid coming home from the library late at night, the right. one that's got the right. scholarship and everything. Well, in Dodge City, back in the old west, everybody was armed, and the murder rate was very low. Yeah. So right. yeah. So so there you go. No, well, I, well, let me say this to you yeah. guys, if you don't mind. I'm the only guy that works in the field of violence prevention. But I have a lot of respect for the uh, Second Amendment, okay? There you go. Because see? there's no data that can back up the fact that 
uh, legal gun owners are part of the gun violence problem in Illinois. And I have a lot of respect for le legal gun owners. I wish we could do away with guns. Don't get me wrong. But we're not going to do away with guns. So uh, there's no data to back up. So, you know, I'm the only guy that would say that to you because everybody's so anti-gun. And I understand the mindset of people out here. But let's try to just stop the violence if we can and stop some of the gun violence. But it's not the legal gun owners. All right. So far, I agree with you just about everything. And uh, I, I'm looking for to try to pick a fight with you. And speaking of fighters, uh, <laughs> you uh, tweeted that you were hoping that Oscar De La Hoya... Uh, recovered from COVID and he was vaccinated and I inferred that you were anti-vax. Is that true or, or what? Well, I'm not anti-vax, but I just go on the record and say it. I haven't been vaccinated. All right, that's it. You're out of here, buddy. We're done. Get out of here. Go ahead. You're right. But I wear a mask all the time. I test myself every week. It comes back negative every week. Uh, I'm actually scared to take the vaccination. Uh, I just why? Don't, I don't have a lot of trust in that. Why? You're, you're killing the liberals. I'll tell you why. Because they want to say it's just the rednecks who aren't. But then they got to look at Louisiana. They got to look at Englewood. They got to look at all this. And they got to say, forget about them. Uh, it's OK because it's a history of racism and they shouldn't trust the government anyway. It's all, you know, and they, they'll, they'll never say that you're wrong, even though they believe your position is wrong. But only they'll only chew out a redneck for doing it. So I... Come on, the you're you're telling me I got vaccinated. Of course, I'm ancient, yeah. uh, but uh, so I had to. But th am I stupid for getting vaccinated? No. no, I think it's okay. Like I tell people all the time, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to mess with science and and epidemiology and all that stuff. But the thing about it is that I, I encourage people to get vaccinated. I never speak against it. I just haven't been vaccinated. I wear two masks everywhere I go. For the last year and a half, almost two years, I have not even come down with a common cold since I've been wearing my mask. So I do my best to practice safe distance and from this everybody. This is not a good answer to not getting back. You could be a leader in the community if you got vaccinated. And there's some reason you don't trust the uh, the FDA. I mean, I understand not trusting the liberals because you've got AOC and her friends at the Met Gala. Uh, they're not wearing masks, but the staff had to wear masks. So they're hi hypocrites. Right. So who trusts the government when, I mean, Gavin Newsom almost got recalled because he had a party at the French Laundry uh, during the height right. of the pandemic. And everybody else is, is shrouded in uh, double masks like you are. So I understand the distrust. But trust me. Uh, when I tell you that the vaccine actually works and this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated right now. Agree? Well, well I've looked at the data. Go get your shot I right do. now. Well, you know, I'm not saying I'm not going <laughs> to commit to the fact that I will never, you know, get the vaccination. But right now, if I not, not now, when, as Bobby here, Kennedy brother. said, hey, look, here. hopefully I'll be here. Next week, <laughs> you drive over right now and get vaccinated. T.O. Hardiman and stop yeah. retweeting Rod Blagojevich for crying out loud. Uh, he said some populist thing like billionaires added close to two trillion dollars in profits during the pandemic. I mean, you're not going to oh, yeah. buy, you know, you buy one that. Of the billionaires, one of the billionaires is J.B. Prisker. You know, he, <laughs> he, had he produced some commercials talking about COVID-19, how he handled COVID-19. But he refused to mention that he invested in COVID-19 PPE. Supplies. <laughs> See, I okay. mean, I, you know, I got a lot against, you know, Pritzker. You know, I think you should go on a diet and things like that. You know, so I'm not I'm not beyond telling a fat joke. But it, but it, I, I, you know, so no, all right, we, we disagree. We'll agree to disagree on, on those things. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, T.O. Hardiman. We appreciate it. And good luck to you. Anytime. I appreciate you. you, too. No problem. T.O. Hardiman. We'll be back with sports time. <laughs> Thank you.
Bruce Wolf and Tim Slagle on the weekly wrap. And uh, there's a story that's just basically breaking right now that General Milley, the uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of sure. Staff, uh, Bob Woodward, uh, did a book with Robert Costa, is it? Uh, I, I think so. And it's about uh, Milley apparently making a deal with the Chinese. Uh, you, you, you talk about... You talk about a coup. Everybody's always worried about Trump was going to take over the, the country. Actually, this country was going to be taken over from Trump. That uh, Milley was backdooring the Trump administration and trying to reassure the Chinese that we wouldn't, what, attack uh, yeah. attack them in yeah. some it's okay. It's, a, it's, a, it's okay, uh, Ping. He has to go through us. Exactly. He's the and yeah, we're, we're on your side. Okay. Yeah, this Don't is worry. like the worst. You guys conspiracy. won that. You guys won this election fair and square. <laughs> right. Exactly. So we're With not the, uh, the bamboo in the Arizona balance. Sure, yeah. A little early. A little yeah. early, but it's okay. It's okay. It's, so uh, yeah, they didn't even need to win the election as long as they had Millie on their side. And the, the thing is, is that what the big story will be is. Uh, and I think Millie will be hauled before Congress. Maybe you you don't. That uh, that he's usurping the authority. There's the chain of command. There, there was there was a uh, another uh, element of this story where he said that he uh, that even though Trump has the nuclear codes, that they got to go through Millie and uh-huh. a couple of other people. Well, no, not you. Really, don't have to go through the general, the unelected general. We have a commander in chief. Well, I don't according know how, to the Constitution. I don't know how it works, though. I mean, it's not you know we 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 have this image that it's just you know you open a briefcase and there's this big red button there and that's all you have to do. You just go bam. I imagine they, red buttons standing sitting in there. <laughs> yeah. saying, I never had a nuclear bomb. Yeah, but no. it's basically what he has to do is he has to pick up the phone that's in there and then read the right. code and then. And, the, and it the, goes. You remember that music? <laughs> what is that music from? I don't remember that music. Our man Flint. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. A little trivia here. Well, I'm, I'm I'm scared to death about this. But you think that we're a public right now that actually supports vaccine mandates? It's a bad issue for the Republicans. The Republicans think, oh no, people don't like manda- government mandates, but. As evidenced by the exit polling and Gavin Newsom's recall, the public actually supports vaccine. I don't like that either, and I'm vaccinated. But but we like uh, the only, nanny state. Only if you assume, only if you assume that the the the, the Newsom election was legit. I mean, they've been they've been dumping ballots into the mailbox. Are you for, already? You're, you're question. Even Larry Elder's not questioning this one. Are right, you're out too? You can go with Tio Hardeman. I can't stand you people. So no, somebody pointed. Out. All you have to do, all you had to do is your postal worker. All he had to do was hold up a cell phone light behind the envelope, and you can read the ballot, whether it's a yes or a no. Look, I understand that postal workers are big hypocrites because they're exempt from Biden's vaccine mandate. I get that, uh-huh. but I don't think that uh, Larry Elder isn't alleging it. He's the candidate. He wasn't alleging. It. I don't want to get off on. We got General Milley trying to take over the government of the United States what's of America. What's interesting to me about this is that I think that the gist of the book was that Trump was so bad that General Milley had to take over. Right. I think that was the gist of the book. Yeah, but the takeaway is going to be the General yeah, and Milley that's what trying it is. to take Everyone's over. Going, well, Wait, wait, General Milley tried to take over? <laughs> right. Well, yeah, but he had You buried the lead, <laughs> if not the commander-in-chief. Yeah. All right, let's uh, turn our attention. Hey, yeah. So what? A little coup. 
Never heard anybody. Uh, let's turn our uh, attention to uh, one Nicki Minaj. Uh, I, I don't even feel like I, I, I'm qualified to talk about her because I wouldn't know her from Billie Eilish or, or these other... Uh, Eilish. Si- <laughs> poetic licentiousness. So, um, no, I was once in the car with my daughter and... Uh, I said, I said to my daughter, I, "Who is this guy, Billy Eilish?" And uh, <laughs> it's a woman, and her name is Eilish. So no, I'm not hip to all that stuff. I, I haven't listened to. I bought a 45 since Doris Day, K. Sarah, Sarah. The um, so anyway, she got into a fight with Joy Reid, another person I get confused with. Joy Bihar, uh, Joie de Vivre. How much uh, joy is joy left I'm, in life? Not though, huh? really much. And anyway, Joy Reid is an MSNBC uh, potentate. And apparently, Nicki Minaj uh, has a cousin in Trinidad whose testicles swelled. And that's the only reason I want to do the story, <laughs> because I wanted to say testicles swelled. After he had the vaccine, and that's a little what I like to call the logical fallacy and accent on the phallic, uh, the uh, post hoc ergo propter hoc. I mean, just because something happened, you had the vaccine, and then your testicles swelled didn't mean it was caused because of the uh, vaccine. And, but how, Nikki, how Nikki, much did they swell? Oh well. Let, uh, yeah, 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 that's oh, what I mean. Yeah. Did, they, yeah. did they just, you know, did it just give a, a, ni- a nicer a, a appearance sure. when he's wearing jeans, or <laughs> did he have to like set him in a wheelbarrow? And anyway, it was Dr. Fauci was commenting on the cousin. And Nicki Minaj, which led this wag to say that Fauci, the cousin, and Nicki was a menage a trois. But anyway, let's move on <laughs> to the uh, actual. Uh, so, so uh, Joy, do we have Joy Behar Reed uh, hyphen Reed here, or or do we go to the soundbite? Yes, yeah, a soundbite from Joy Reed. Yes, right. Yes, criticizing Nicki Minaj for her, 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 for leading black her Americans with astray. Enormous balls. Her cousin, cousin with enorm- enormous. enormous balls. Yes. Joy Reid embracing her suburban Denver upbringing and Harvard education with her <laughs> accent becomes Hillary Clinton-esque uh, when, when talking to black churches. Oh, okay. Here we go. And people like Nicki Minaj, I have to say this. You have a platform, sister, that is 22 million followers. Okay, I have 2 million followers. You have 22 million followers on Twitter. For you to use your platform to encourage our community to not protect themselves and save their lives, my God, sister, you could do better than that. You got that platform. It's it's a blessing. It's a blessing that you got that, that people listen to you, and they listen to you more than they listen to me. For you to use your platform to put people in the position of dying from a disease they don't have to die from. Oh my God, as a fan, as a hip hop fan, as somebody who was your fan, I'm so sad no, 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 no. that you did that. No, right. So sad yeah, that you did that, sister. Oh. I vote for cloture. Uh, name, the, name three Nicki Minaj songs, Joy. <laughs> uh, my, hus- my cousin has big balls. Uh, I remember that one. So anyway, this uh, prompted Nicki Minaj to respond on Twitter, and I am going to give us 10 <laughs> seconds to leave the room. Tim and I are gonna leave so that Chris can t- read it and take all the flack because I, I, I'm I not even going to listen nope. to this. Well, I'm not going to say the word now after we've had this discussion, but I'm, gonna, I'm going to Well, read. no, you, you kind of you yeah. have to because there's two words that start with that letter. Exactly, and there are two four-letter words. And it was your idea to do this story. Well, we have Chris. to remember. Well, that's what it's called producing, Tim. But uh, we, have to re- we have to remember Joy's history. Remember she had a blog back before she was on TV. 
where she was very anti-gay and then she said oh, that, uh, was, yeah. that it was remember it was hacked and the FBI was looking yeah, into it yeah, that somebody yeah, yeah, wrote yeah, right. those years later. Right. So she starts out Nikki Minaj. And now she's got the fake black accent when she's when she needs trying it. to lecture Nikki Minaj. Much like Hillary Clinton when she speaks in a black church. Yes. Right. You're all gonna and Joe Biden, you're all gonna put you back in chains. <laughs> right. So so Nikki, to her credit, and maybe someone right. found a right, finds, finds a year old tweet from from mm-hmm. Joy Ann Reed. Uh, and she she posts it with this. Joy Reid, a lying hobo- homophobic C-O-O-N. Okay. See, you know you can say it. Right. I guess I can join in the reindeer games too, right? People can go on TV and lie on me. I can report on them too, right? Laugh emoji. Doesn't have to be truth. It can be half-truths. Uncle Tamania, she has yeah. created a name for it, asked who, <laughs> on, clever. Who, who on earth would trust the U.S. FDA guys. And Joy Reid's tweet says, for our listening audience podcast, uh, this is Joy Ann Reid from a year ago. I mean, will anyone, anyone at all, ever fully trust the CDC again? And who on God's green earth would trust a vaccine approved by the FDA? How do we get a vaccine distributed after this broken Trumpist nonsense nonsense has infected everything, even if Biden wins? Well, first of all... And she tags it with even if Biden wins. First of all, I trust the vaccine as long as General Milley tells us (laughs) to get vaccinated. All right, let's make a quick pivot here to sports. Are you familiar with the character Chet 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 by any chance? Who? Exactly. All right, so <laughs> I was told to reprise this uh, by Chris, the producer, and okay. I listened to him because he utters epithets. Uh, from I tweets. spelled it out. Yeah. Are you ready? Here we go. Here it is. The return of Chet Chet Chet. Every- hey, Chet Chet Chet, here with the little bottle of I want to tell you the bears were so awful. If Chet Coppock were alive, he'd be rolling over in his grave. We're talking Eddie Jackson not even playing one-hand touch. We're talking Law Rams able to win even with a bent and break defense. We're talking Matthew Stafford never finding his inner Detroit Lion. Heck, we're not talking about anything meaningful. The worst thing, the thing that that which nothing greater in the mind could be conceived of, pardon my Anselm's ontological proof for the existence of God, was good on number 51, and I'm not talking about Bruce Heron. I'm talking about Dick Buckus sitting in a skybox with a mask on with other people who weren't masked. The lamest thing Richie Butkus has done since he whined about Brian Dennehy getting all the good Hollywood parts he wanted. I mean, Dick, maybe we could get you a gig turning the pages of Elton John's sheet music at the Uber Eats ad. Dick Butkus once bit a ref's fingers through his mask. Now he's got the nanny state masking him as for the game. Could barely see the cheerleaders the embraceable to use, but we did have Michelle Tafoya, humble, 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 that was some decala decala breasts <laughs> speaking of the game NBC had to correct itself it mistakenly showed a hot blonde that identified her as Matt Stafford's wife but then corrected itself by showing an even hotter blonde who actually is his wife I mean cut yourself some slack act act part by Billy Joel NBC it's not as if you identified Virginia McCaskey as Matt Stafford's wife Virginia McCaskey boy I'd like to oh wait I'm slipping into another sock puppet not bad for the first time out of the drawer in years that is the bottom we learn on sports on chat 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 <laughs> great return Norm McDonald, but <laughs> gee, I really don't know if that's in good taste. Coming up, we're going to be talking to Kevin Bozeman. Hopefully, yes. 
Hopefully. Little sports, little sports We'll see chat. a little... Uh, this is a bonus segment. A bonus segment. Coming. Right. Sports time, which I know you love. I can't Which is wait. why you didn't laugh at all during the chin 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 No, I... Uh, did, didn't care about that. I, not, I, not I didn't catch them, It reminded no. me of my former partner, Dan Proft, who never laughed one time. <laughs> which is why I killed it. We'll be back. All right, Bruce Wolf and Tim Slagelein. The bonus segment of the weekly wrap, and uh, I was watching uh, the uh, listening to the radio, the score the other day, uh, Tim, and I know you're a big sports fan. Yeah, oh, you know yeah, that. Yeah, not. And I heard Lawrence Holmes on the score. He had a pretty good interview with Devin Hester, uh, and Devin was talking about why he should be in the Hall of Fame, uh, which you know is touting your own credentials. Sure. But as Rabbi Akiva said, if I'm not for myself, who will be? trying to get in a Yom Kippur mood right now, if you don't mind. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I heard one of the pro- producers, they were talking about a, a team, a college team with an easy schedule, and he said, yeah, you've got to schedule the weak sisters of the poor, which is a great uh, hybrid of a colloquialism. I, I, I really like <laughs> like that. Uh, very good. Anyway, speaking of sports, uh, since you know, it's not your strong suit right there, we got a friend of yours, a friend of Stand Up, Sit Down, in your podcast. He's got his own podcast called The Ball Hog. Kevin Bozeman joins us right now. Now, Kevin, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Hey, man. It's uh, always a pleasure to uh, talk sports to anyone who wants to hear my outlandish takes. How are you? <laughs> okay, I can't see your hat. Am I not supposed to? Are you advertising uh, something? Uh, no, you can't. It, is it the sun? Oh, it's the sun. How about now? No, I just wanted to see what you were sponsoring. I mean, you know, who's who, who's the endorsement deal for? Oh, okay. My uh, KB hat. Can uh, you see that? Yeah, I can. I can right now. And uh, it is—it's nice that you're flying your Piper Cub right now and able to talk to us. I hope you got clearance from the Waukegan Airport to do that. Soaring the friendly skies. <laughs> so, and you're strapped in, which is great. So, uh, how about that Bear game? Did you watch the Bear game uh, the other night? I absolutely did. It okay. was—it uh, was—it went out exactly as I said. Uh, the Bears are uh, the Rams are a horrible matchup problem for the Bears. They have been. Even when the Bears beat them, the Bears only scored 15 points, and they got one of those touchdowns came on like a fumble or interception return. So they're a horrible matchup problem for the Rams. I put all of my money on the Rams, huh? even though I'm a huge Bears fan. But you just got to be smart when it when it comes time when you're sports gambling. You got to put your heart out of sure. it. Sure, sure. And so uh, I actually thought the Bears pretty well all things considered uh they they kept the game close and then the rounds pulled away in the end but i think the biggest thing that stuck out to me was how many times the bears went for it on fourth down which just goes to show you how much they don't believe in their defense <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's interesting and i just wanted to impress you with the one little statistical uh, bit of analysis that i actually did because i was just looking at uh, michelle tafoya's uh, cleavage throughout the uh, throughout the game uh so uh, well, whatever whatever it takes to get you through the game <laughs> well you've got the gambling uh so uh, so here here's the thing you got the creepiness got the right right it's but we, we have our vices so it's um in the NFL, there's an interesting statistic this week. All the starting quarterbacks in the league, except for the Bears, all of them threw at least four passes of 15 yards or more. The Bears threw only one, okay, and yet they went for it on fourth and 15. Go figure. 
Yeah, and then they threw that pass like 12 yards. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> they didn't even throw it to 15 yards. At least throw it to 15 yards. Right. So that's, that's so a good. sign of, you know, they're getting the ball out quick because they don't have a good offensive line. Uh, they're not, they don't really have a good defensive line. And that's really where the games are won and lost at. It's like great offense, great a great offensive line and a great defensive line. So if you don't, have- yeah, they kept going for it because they knew that they couldn't, they couldn't stop the the Rams. You know, them not keeping Kyle Fuller is just still a head scratcher <laughs> to me. And why they would keep Jimmy Graham and not Kyle Fuller just yeah. shows you that that right now that the current Bears regime is borderline inept. <laughs> I tell you. So if you don't have, an I don't offense- generally like the let's. Unless I say the word incredible or infamous, I generally stay, uh, stay away from words that start with the letter I. But this is important. There you go. The Bears are inept. Sure. So if you don't have an offense and defense, I, I, I don't know football that he much. He said what, 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 There's a secondary. Oh. There's also the, uh, you know. And their oh, secondary okay. is trash, too, but still. <laughs> right. Like the secondary is bad, too. And their receivers weren't getting open. Uh, well, And they never threw the ball to Daryl Mooney. So what's the point? They didn't throw any long passes. Uh, I've got a slogan for the Bears. Let me uh, test market it for you. The Bears, right. not as bad as the Packers. What do you, what do you think of that one? Does that work for you? No, you wouldn't put that on the Listen, side man, of your Piper Cub. For, okay, <laughs> for for one week, for one week, yes, it would be my all-time favorite thing that Aaron Rodgers is just tanking the season <laughs> because he he hates Green Bay so much for where they for however he thinks they treated him well, that well, he just tanks. This season, yeah. well, Tim would believe sure in that. Get rid of him. Tim yeah. would believe in that because he, you know, he also believes that the California recall election was fixed. Too. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think Rogers will do that. So, uh, but I do think, I do think they may need to call up Jimbo Covert to uh, play, la- even although he's already enshrined in Canton. Uh, they're that far down on the depth chart as far as left tackles go. They've got nobody to play that position right now, which is the most important position on the offensive line. Yeah, it was a little bit of bad luck when they lost their uh, their second-round pick, who was graded as a first-rounder, and they thought he would come in and, and be able to to help out. So I'll give them a pass for that, like having surgery and being out. That that hurts. But overall, they're they're not very good, even though they ran the ball really well. Yeah. Well, but you know, of course, the but Rams. They ran the, the ball Ra- really, really well. Yeah. yeah. But if they had Justin Fields in there, they could do some rollouts, some scrambling, to, you know, and and move the pocket a little bit. Well, it's to, not as if he couldn't that. have uh, he couldn't have executed that game plan. I mean, it it, it didn't look you know that that complicated. I, although, what I, I, haven't, think, I haven't watched the film. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't watched the film. Are they showing it on your flight? The, the Bears game, the all twenty-two Ville uh, view. So, one final question here. I saw Drew Brees on a commercial. I didn't recognize him because he's. I think he's doing hair club for men commercials or, or uh, taking yeah. uh, Brian Erlacher's magic elixir because his hair looks totally different. But he's doing a commercial for uh, gambling, and you're into the into the gambling. And I I thought Drew Brees yeah. was some sort of cultural conservative. So I this uh, I can't wrap my head my fully coiffed head uh, around uh, that i don't i don't know if he's culturally conservative but i know i think can uh you don't have to be 
uh, liberal to gamble. <laughs> no, I, I, you can gamble. It's 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 a conservative you can vice. Gamble however yes. you want. And by the way, this backdrop is really just a plug for edibles. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, because I am getting a little nauseated. I'm getting a little air sick right now. Um, I'm just trying to tell you. Where you can be in life if you take edibles. No, that, that's really good. And I, you want your pilot doing that. I appreciate that. Well, uh, Kevin Bozeman, so your uh, podcast is called The Ball Hog. And uh, it's. Uh, the Ball Hog, which I went a solid four and one on my uh, Vegas locks for the NFL and four and two on my uh, college picks. Well, so you're going to. Log on. Let's make. You're, Let's make a little money. Yeah, you're going to upgrade uh, from Piper Cub to a Golfstream uh, the next time we see you. Uh, we're going to see you in the stratosphere. You know, I'm doing my best. Thank you so much, Kevin, for joining us. We appreciate it very much. And thank you, Tim. Yep. And that is the show for this week. Hey.